everyone. This is Erica Plank-Hagen. I am the Communications Manager for the Presbytery of Southern New England, and this is Connecting Our Conversations. Um, we, PSNE, are a regional governing body in the Presbyterian Church USA, and this podcast is our space for conversations that push the edges of our faith and help us to deepen discipleship. Today, I am talking with two very fun people, the Reverend Mika Vandersall and Matt Beams. They are from our not-so-churchy community here in the Presbytery. Not So Churchy is a spiritual, intentional worshiping community created by and for those who have been hurt and stifled by the traditional church. And I'm going to turn it over to them and let them tell us a little bit more about what that is and who they are. So Mika, why don't you start? Uh, my name is Mika. Uh, thanks, Erica. And I we started Not So Churchy, I, I don't know, over 10 years ago now, um, maybe more like 12, but I'm not totally counting. And, um, you know, at that point, we were an in-person community in New York City, uh, bringing people together from the five boroughs in New Jersey. Matt Beams here is a, a lifelong New Jerseyan. Um, and then uh, in the pandemic, uh, we, of course, went remote and we've stayed remote, uh, bringing people together from all over the country. So um, that uh, that continues. And uh, we became a part of the Presbytery of Southern New England about a year ago, I'd say. Um, I recently, um, it's a long story, but have a home in Connecticut and um, feel more connected uh, to that place. So um, I became a member of the Presbytery and Not So Churchy came along, along with me. <laughs> Packed in with the moving boxes. <laughs> yeah. You get me, you get them. So, yeah. Matt. Uh, so I'm Matt Beams. I am almost a lifelong New Jersey resident. I uh, went to school in Virginia and I lived six years in Chicago. So I have gotten out of Jersey, but Jersey always calls me home. So I'm glad to be here in Jersey City. I've been a member of, or I don't know, member of, but at the beginning we weren't members of, right? We were on some Still sort aren't. of- Still aren't. Right. <laughs> yeah. We don't really say that, but <clears throat> excuse me, we were- um, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, what does time mean anymore? When we, uh, I remember we had meetings in some church uh, offices where we were discussing who we wanted to be and how did we want to set this intentional community. And I was really happy to be included in that through a random series of circumstances and dealing with another Presbyterian who connected Mika and I together um, at another church that I was a member of, an actual member and one on the rolls. And, um, and so then I've been a part of it ever since then. And I'm, I'm really pleased to be not just a, a participant and a congregant. We don't use any of those words. We are Love not it. so churchy, but I'm not a part of our community. I'm so glad to be part of our community. And I'm really also glad to be a part of our board, um, for several years now, uh, who kind of helps guide the community and takes care of the business of, you know, those kinds of things. And as far as the New England goes, um, I still live in Jersey City, but the one of the sort of strange blessings of this past couple of years has been that we have members from all over now. <clears throat> so we started in person and we met in person and we loved it. And then we 
when the pandemic shut everything down, we went to virtual and we found a way to love that too. And now we have people joining us from all over the country. And uh, so uh, Mika took herself to Connecticut and took us to New England. And we all talked about it. It seemed like the Presbytery of Southern New England was going to be a great fit for us. And so we're really pleased to be a part of it. I certainly am. And I know the rest of the board is as well. So one of the things I love about Not So Churchy logistically is that you don't quite fit what people, um, how our systems are set up. I am trying desperately on our website to get you all to be searchable in our list of worshiping communities. And whoever set it up, set it up with a physical GPS as its link for the first thing. And I'm going to work this out, but right now it doesn't quite exist. And I think that actually um, is really interesting. And as we think forward to who we are as a church, are we really someone who's put in these geographical things or are we maybe something bigger? And then also how you all felt called to be community as something that doesn't quite fit. I bet a lot of Presbyterians listening to this right now are going, but you have to show up and sit in a pew and be a member and do all this. So um, I would be interested if you're not doing that, what do you do? Yeah, these are questions that, uh, you know, when we, when we first began, uh, we, we call ourselves a worshiping community and that's before the Presbyterian church coined that, that Mm -hmm. term. And so um, way back in the day, people were saying, but what happens if you want to baptize someone? It's like, well, well, wouldn't that be a crisis? Like, <laughs> we can figure that out when we get to that point. And we did. And we did. What happened? And, and it was a very complicated baptism over across two denominations, actually. Um, it's another long story. What happens if, you know, you want to take communion? Okay, well, I'm a, I'm a member of this presbytery and you validated me into this ministry and you've given me permission to do that. And we do that every single time we gather. Now it's obviously virtual. So um, I can't even remember your question now, Erica, but, but basically like we just don't fit in the neat boxes. We also, we received a, we received a, a grant from the Calvin Institute of Worship and they equally were really struggling because everything is geographically based. Where do we put you? <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm, we're everywhere. So um, the question was, what do we actually do? Who actually are we, I think? And uh, we gather once a month on the on the second Monday of each month for worship. And uh, we have theology group on the third Monday of each month. And um, we have various um, in-person and virtual gatherings throughout the rest of the year uh, for community building and service-related opportunities and that kind of thing. Um and, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what we do. So everything is um, deeply connected to music and, and the arts. Um, our worship service is created by those of us who were there. Um, all of the music is composed for the night that we're together and it might last beyond that and it may not. Um, and, uh, you know, we do, we do very churchy things in some ways. We read scripture in, in um, ways that are, perhaps more exploratory than, than often is the case. We, uh, we do communion, uh, the words of institution, uh, you'll recognize them, but they're not traditional. Um, and it's all sung as well and improvised. And so around that we have an offering and we have prayer time and we have gathering time and we have all of these things. It's just how we do it. Um, mm-hmm. that is a little bit different. 
I would say also, um, you know, we've had people who've come to Not So Churchy uh, either in person before, in the before times, or uh, virtually now, more than one person who has said, wow, for a group that calls yourself Not So Churchy, you're actually sort of churchy. <laughs> uh, so I think the Not So churchiness of it comes from our queering of things and our um, you know, I, I listened as you uh, as you read that description at the beginning, and it, it is true that we are created for those folks who have felt that they didn't have a place and who who for those folks who do feel that. But I think what how it started is that has morphed into something. We are still that place for those folks, but it doesn't seem like, uh, oh gosh, everything else doesn't work. So come here. It seems like this is really a special thing that people are choose to be a part of. And so we do have all these kind of churchy elements, right? And we have a lot of singing and a lot of liturgy, frankly. And um, we really can kind of all be together in that, but in this queer, intentionally queer, in a very broad definition of the word space, where we're really looking uh, at things in a, in a inclusive broad-minded uh, way. So I want to play, uh, I want to dig in a little bit to that word, the queering of it and making it queer, because I I bet a lot of everyone hears that word a different way when they hear it. So what I think I'm hearing you saying is that in the space, you're not making it binary, not making a black and white. We do this, but we don't do this. It's a very open space for exploration of you as a community and you with the divine. Um, am I, am I close? Yeah. Yay. Can I join? Yes. <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> Everyone actually is welcome. We really would love to have. <laughs> so I imagine a lot of people called to that are people who themselves would identify as queer, but not necessarily. Yeah, but not necessarily. And then, you know, a lot of folks who might not come in realizing they are queer and then figuring it out eventually mm-hmm. also. And lots of, we have several parents of queer kids um, who have found this space to be really important also and didn't know their kids were queer until they were part of us for a while. And then they came out and it's like, oh, I'm really glad I have this space. How oh, amazing. Part of it. So um, I think it's, it's queer in the sense of uh, we don't fit other places for various, whatever reasons they might be, um, so many different reasons and not just around the, like the boxes around like gender or sexual orientation or whatnot. Like there's, there's, um, just not quite feeling like we're made for this world, um, and figuring out how to navigate that together. And I, I think that folks, what, pe- what folks realize, at least my experience with people coming to not so churchy and people that I've talked to is that a almost everyone in some way feels at some point, like I don't quite fit in this world. Right. But we're so stuck in, uh, or not stuck in, we're like sort of programmed to be this way or that way. Right. And so this intentional queering of things allows people to see like, well, this has nothing to do with my orientation or my gender identity, but gosh, there are all of these other ways that I feel like I don't fit into what I, I think I was brought up to be like, and so then this just creates a space for all of that sort of stuff to happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested that we're having this conversation now in a time, I think, Advent and then into the new year with 
in our liturgy as the church and what we're doing, we're talking about how we're not quite made for this world, how we're looking ahead to the next. And so, yeah, that's a good conversation to be having right now. Okay. Do you all think, or all right, maybe you don't plan this way. Eventually, presumably, we'll be able to gather in person more easily without fear of pandemic. Do you think you will evolve back to that? Or has the pandemic opened up something that you want to keep exploring or both? Matt, you want me to do that? or I mean, I, I, I don't even know what you're going to say. Well, what I would say, let's see. <laughs> I, I would say that... Um, I mean, we talk about all of this, right? We, 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 I have a, a cousin we don't even know about yet who lives in Georgia. And I hope she's planning on coming with her son uh, in January. We have people who regularly come from Michigan, who come from Seattle. They are now regular members of our community. So if we, whatever happens, we will always have a space for all of those folks, whether it means that we go back to the space we physically used to be in in Manhattan and do some sort of hybrid thing there. People have actually gotten sort of good at, I've been to some hybrid things that I was like, oh, this really works. Uh, But also we have uh, people who are exploring what it means like to be members of the community, but always entirely virtual. Um, We have, um, tentative plans to have an in-person gathering, like a retreat um, where we actually bring folks in from the places. But all of that is depending on people's safety and their feelings of safety and all of that. The other thing I think is important to bring up about this is that there are folks who are not able to come, not because of COVID or not because of uh, anything like that, but because they're homebound or because the stairs or because of all those kinds of reasons who now have a place where they can, or I don't, I'm not saying we're the only ones, but they have a place where they can come. And so all of those folks are integral members of our community. So whatever it is that we're going to do, everyone is going to still be included in some fashion. That, um, That speaks to me really personally. My older son has intellectual disability such that he can't go to in-person worship. It is too much. And a real gift of the pandemic for my family has been that he can participate in these things and loves it. And as as these church communities talk about going back and what they want, I, I don't want it to just be a camera pointed somewhere where he observes. I want him to be in it. And I, I really love that you also want your people to remain in it because they're your people. Like it's it's beautiful. What we're doing what we're doing now is that there's small pods that are forming in people's homes. So I, I kind of love that we're kind of going back to like, you know, home church kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm a little bit more like, well, I don't see us ever gathering in person again than, than Matt is. And I think Matt was very gracious around like whatever it will be, everyone will be, we will make sure that it is accessible to everyone. I know so many pastors who are really, really challenged in the hybrid um, world. And especially since we're so experiential, it's really, I think it's really hard to play to both the camera and the Zoom community and the in-person community. So 
uh, we have many members of our board now who are not in the New York City area, one who's in southern New England, one who's um, on Cape Cod. I guess that's southern New England, too. Yeah. Um, uh, one who um, uh, will be coming to us from Minnesota. You know, like, so if half of our governing board is not in New York City, um, I don't, you know, I just don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And yes, we started planning a retreat uh, where we can actually meet people that we've only been knowing online. And just the second that I started getting comfortable with that Omicron game or Omicron or however you say it. So it's like, I, I don't know, guys, I'm not sure we're going to put that deposit down on that retreat center. You know, <laughs> When every time we start thinking about it. So much pivoting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll have that conversation again in January, but um, yeah. Do you think you all had an advantage in this time because yeah. you were already used to pivot? Yeah. All right. We'll just, totally. that's the obvious thing. A hundred percent. We just, you know, when we first started doing online, I hated it. I a hundred percent hated it. And I remember telling a friend how much I hated it. And then it's like, okay, well, tough shit. Like you got to figure it out. So, you know, we figured it out and now we're really good at it. And, um, it just wasn't, it was hard not to be together just because I'm, I like hugging my people, but, um, but it was just, it was so much easier for us to pivot the worst word of the year. Uh, uh, because that's all, that's all we've done. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm thinking of all those people that have now become part of your community that wouldn't have been if you'd stayed within physical hugging parameters. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for certain. And, and part of what we got good at, we even had an ordination. We did. In a virtual ordination. And it was attended by, I mean, there were over 100 people on the Zoom call. It was, I mean, it was. Pretty amazing. Amazing. Wow. And, and holy and, and blessed. And, um, and there were people who were able to be there who wouldn't have been there otherwise. Right. So, you know, whatever my hopes about like being together together someday, uh, I think like Mika said with the pods that we're having some people who feel comfortable and who live near each other are getting together and then they join the call together. So, something, you know, some way, but we're going to, what, regardless of what we do, everyone is going to be a part of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like when you all started, you sort of saw who was in the room and what their gifts were and built what you did out of that. You had musicians, you had artists, you had people who thought, you know, in this, in this new way, and then COVID required you all to kind of pick up new gifts that you didn't already have. I'm kind of seeing a bouncing between internal spiritual gifts that you already had and the things you picked up and are now useful. Um, there should probably be a question at the end of that. Do you see a kind of bouncing? Is that something that resonates with you all? Yeah, we, in, in our, in our beginning narrative, I, I, that's a whole other podcast around how we started and why we started and the state of the denomination at that point. And it's, it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a long, deeply personal story. And, um, but what I saw was that there in New York, there was an overabundance of musicians who were extraordinarily talented and underpaid and, um, who were seeking some kind of spiritual community, Matt being one of them. 
And um, so that's how we, that, that's why we, I think became part of why we were such a, a musical creative community from the beginning. Um, and in that question of what do we have an overabundance of, the pandemic shows us that we are of an overabundance of others like us that are all over the place. And um, so our participation has really doubled, I'd say, since the pandemic pandemic began. Um, and it's only increasing, but not in a way that's unsustainable. Um, we really work hard at caring for each other. And that's not just my job. That's everybody's job. Mm. Um, and you, you were talking about the ping-ponging, the, kind of the back and forth um, I don't know. I don't know, but I think it's connected somehow. What I said, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, you know, I just want to draw attention also to, we were talking about, you were talking Mika about the musicians. We've also had visual art. We have dance. Um, we haven't, you know, some of those things are harder to put into, have been harder to put into practice they took more training, took more ideas, more different ways of thinking to bring some of that into um, the online world. Some of it involved uh, Mika sending the pods and the the people packages so that we all had supplies, right? So the not so churchy paid for um these little packages so that everybody who came on that particular month, we all had a notebook and crayons and we made things together on zoom. And that was really uh, important The the visual arts has always been important. If you, this is for another podcast also, but uh, over, <laughs> we'll just here, do it sheet. <laughs> over here, you see this Brown tube uh, behind my shoulder contains a scrolled up, long, long, long piece of paper, which is the timeline of Not So Churchy's existence. We haven't done, affixed anything new to it since the pandemic started, but that was a, a, a huge piece that we made at a retreat that we did. And it really shows all of the comings and goings and the, the high spots and low spots. And uh, so we're really connected to our history within, with each other, within the presbyteries, within the church and our communities. I'm so interested on how, because I know you will, on how you're going to continue to tell and express that story visually in what you're creating now. I'm really interested. I don't expect you to have an answer. I'm saying like, I'm, I'm looking forward to that with you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So when uh, most of the people who listen to this will be from traditional Presbyterian mainline, you know, physical spaces. And I guess I'm saying what, if you could give them a little love note for this time of like what you've learned from what you're doing and what you see kind of traditional spaces struggling with right now, it could be tough love, but um, what would you say? Matt. I went first last time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I would say, gosh, that's a deep question. Um, you know, I grew up in a, not in a Presbyterian church, but I grew up going to church every Sunday and I, I'm, I'm actually pretty churchy, um, in a certain way. And I, I appreciate liturgy and tradition and I'm like strangely old fashioned for like a radical queer person. So I think what I, what I wish for is that, or what I, what I, I don't even remember what the words of the question were, but what, what I, what's I'm your, sorry? what's your love note? My love note. Thank you, Mika, is to remember that what we've learned over the, what I've learned over the pandemic is that the ways that we care for each other is like Christ's work in the world. Right. So we have a, this WhatsApp group, right. And we, it's, it's like a little aside, but over time at a certain point, it was just what we said, like, okay, here's the zoom link. Can anybody read this this week? And now it's, blossomed into something where people put their prayer concerns and people respond to it. And, and some people are very active and some people are just lurking, but every people are part of that. And so it's this way that we care for each other. You know, you were talking before um, about how, you know, we're looking to this, to this something that comes ahead, but I'm always thinking about on earth as it is in heaven. And so how can we be what, we're called to be on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's this nurturing, this nurturing between people, this caring, this love that we show for each other. That's how I try to be an expression of, of Christ, you know, to the best of my ability whenever I can be. And that's what I have learned over this pandemic or maybe not learned it, but that's what's really helped me. And I think how I've helped others and so I think in the midst of fear and all that kind of stuff, like, remember that, just be for each other, be there for each other. And also, I just invite every single person who's going to see this to please come yes. and uh, not be afraid by the name Not So Churchy or not be afraid if you're not queer uh, or you don't know what queer means or that word sounds strange. Um, you'll <laughs> queer, strange. Uh, just come on in and, uh, and the water's fine. The water's fine. Mika? I got nothing. I got nothing. That's great. Love note from everyone. So caring for one another is church. And come on in, the water's fine. I like that. Good. Yeah. Oh, my friends, unless something is burning on your heart to share, I think that's a wonderful way to end our conversation today. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you so much. I'm definitely going to come check you all out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye.